What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. Thank you all so much for taking the time out of your busy lives to listen to this show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show, please share with family and friends. And as always, if you don't like the show, please tell me. Also, if you have the time to do so, please leave me a rating or review or wherever you listen. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Up Before You Podcast. Today, we have Abby Vance on the show. Abby is an Ole Miss student who will be starting grad school in August. In high school and early on in college, Abby struggled with an eating disorder known as exercise bulimia. She was able to overcome this through the support of her family and friends and her faith in God. Now she enjoys a healthy balance in how she eats, her exercise, and all other aspects of her life. She is one of the happiest people I've ever met, and I genuinely enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure you will too. Let's go. you Connor it's going good Uh, so it's about 5 p.m. on a Thursday so what have you done today and what do you plan on doing for the rest of the day okay so this morning my alarm went off at 5:45. snoozed it about twice Um, I like to get to the gym usually around 615 and I got there around 645 so went to the gym Ran about three miles, lifted lifted some weights, you know, got got pumped some iron. Um, went home, got ready for um, class, and then work. Made my meals for the day. Um, went to class, then I went to work. Oddly. Did not have any homework. It's very strange. I was like just sitting there actually doing nothing for once. Um, Watched some YouTube videos. uh, Ran some errands at work. And um, now I'm here. And then when I leave, I plan to go home. um, Cook some Din Din. I think Pinterest inspired me to make a shrimp stir fry. So that's probably going to go down. And uh, go to bed. Sounds good. Yeah. So can you tell me a little about yourself growing up? Well, um, I'm an only child. So my parents are my best friends. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I talked to myself a lot growing up. Um, I used to always want a brother or sister. But my mom told me that factory shut down right after I was born. (laughs) I was slightly devastated. But, you know, it's fine. Um... My mom said that she had complications having me. I don't know if she said that to either soothe me or to um, kind of cover up a lie that I'm just too much to handle. Um, So I'm an only child. Um, I loved... Growing up, I... Where are you from? I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. Where's that? Which is 60 miles... South of Memphis and 60 miles north of Jackson. So we're smack dab in the middle. Okay. Really nothing to do there except go eat Mexican 
Or go to Dollar General or Walmart. That's weird. I feel like people in the South really like their Mexican food, but I don't know why. We have like 20 Mexican restaurants in Oxford. I know. I don't know why. (laughs) I I don't either. (laughs) Because it's not even authentic Mexican. Yeah. It's just queso. Yeah. That's all I care about, honestly. Uh Even though I'm like dairy-free, I still love queso. (laughs) Because it's goat cheese. It's not from a cow. Is that supposed to be good? That means it's not dairy. That means Uh, I can eat it. Okay. Just a random fact for gotcha. you. Filled with random yeah. facts. Um. Anyways, back to my childhood. Sorry, I have ADD. <laughs> um, so, growing up, I played softball, soccer, tennis, ran track, played basketball. Um, I was really into school. I've always been really into school. Just, like, really cared about my grades. Um, hung out with my friends. Did a lot of outdoors things. Me and my dad loved to go fishing, um, hunting. Um, what else? I loved to jump on the trampoline until mine got blown away in a storm. My dad promised me that he would get me a new one. He gave me the offer of a trampoline or a pool, and I said a pool. And we never got a pool or a trampoline again. So... I don't know. Um, Yeah, my childhood was really great. Um, I just, I guess, really lived in the moment and didn't really ever care. Um, Just as a child, you have just, like, this childlike faith where you believe everything and you're like a sponge and you don't really compare yourself to people. So, um, I never really worried about what I ate or what I did or planned out my day. I just lived it freely and vicariously. Um, So yeah, I just ate whatever I wanted and didn't really care about it. And I was always kind of bigger than most of my friends. So isn't that kind of amazing? Like when you're a kid, you always want to grow up. Yeah. But now that you're kind of grown up, you want to be a kid again. Yeah. (laughs) Like you just wish it was the simpler times of like hanging out with friends, riding your bike around, like just doing that kind of stuff. Just simpler times. <laughs> I'm telling you, just you don't even have to think about where you're going to college or what you want to do after college. Like, I wish I could just go back to when I didn't think about planning anything or comparing myself to somebody. And I try not to do that. It's always in the back of my head, though. Or like, I didn't even care about fixing a bowl of peanut butter M and M's and filled. Fun fact: Growing up, my favorite breakfast was ice cream with magic <laughs> shell and sprinkles. And I ate it every morning at 9 a.m. while watching the Doodle Bops. Just a fun fact. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't like breakfast uh, So you mentioned that you were always a little bigger as a kid. Yeah. Like, always. Like, mm-hmm. all the way, like, through grade school and stuff, from as far as you can remember? Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously, I all had, like, baby fat, but I never really lost mine. I was... I was always very high energy, so um, I was born premature, so I was very small, Um, but I guess, I don't even know when I noticed, but I would say probably around the age of like six, I started like that little chunky-ish phase, and it never really left until about the eighth grade when I started playing soccer, but um, all of my other friends were super small and they never um they ate whatever they wanted to all the time and so 
I just thought I could too. And so like whenever they go and get like an ice cream cone, I'd get an ice cream cone too when I really needed to probably eat an apple. But I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't really care about it. But like I was kind of sedentary and I loved to watch TV, be lazy, and I was just bigger. And um, it kind of always made me feel a little insecure. Like all of my friends were super pretty and they didn't have to worry about what they ate. But um, so I would say I was probably chunkier until about like the eighth grade. And then, um, yeah, that's just kind of when I started deciding that I needed to do something with myself. Yeah, so, so that whole time, did you really think anything of it or were you just so young you didn't really think anything? I was just so young, I didn't give it much thought. Like, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of bigger than my friends, but that doesn't matter. Like, there were so many more important things in life, just like spending time with friends and family, and I never gave it an ounce of a thought. So Yeah, at that age, no one really cares. No. No one ever really says anything. No. It's more like the middle school-ish high school where people start to... High school, yeah, that was... That was when for me, for sure. But you said in eighth grade you lost weight because you got you were active playing a lot of sports. Yeah, I started playing soccer, and um, soccer is like full on cardio. So I was running all the time, and that's when I got into track, and um, I really started, I guess, running. But then I quit. So I quit track and I quit soccer. So I didn't really do cardio anymore. <laughs> and then, so I kind of gained some weight back until like the 10th grade and I did a beauty pageant and um, I decided I needed to lose some weight. And um, that's when it just kind of all started becoming an obsession. So Losing the weight. Yeah. So it seems like you had a problem keeping weight off. Yeah, I guess you would, uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Because it seems like whenever you stop being active, you just kind of put the weight back on. Yeah, because I really like food. <laughs> yeah, so what went into that? Was it just eating and, like, change of lifestyle? Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I can't even really remember in 8th grade what my lifestyle was. Um, but in 10th grade, that's when, like, the major pivotal moment. 10th grade and 11th grade. 11th grade was the major pivotal moment, I would say. Um, I really just changed everything. I, Like I said earlier, I wasn't much of a planner. I was just really go with the flow. But um, the 11th grade, one of those grades, I decided to do a beauty pageant. And I decided to lose a few pounds and started running again. And really, like, making healthier choices. And I started, like following fitness people on Instagram because back in the younger days I didn't have social media where Instagram was so prevalent and we watched people and we watched what they ate, what they worked out and what they did this, that and the other and then I started getting on Pinterest and pinning healthy foods and all those little quote unquote workouts they have you know like do 25 squats a day and your glutes will be amazing. <laughs> so, like, I pinned all that stuff, and um, I thought that, um, what did I think? I just, uh, I really didn't eat a lot at all. I, um, 
Over the course of probably three or four years, I developed an eating disorder. And because it was one of those things in life that I could control. I couldn't control a lot of things going on, but I could control my food. And I could control how I portioned everything. And I could plan this. And I could plan when I was going to the gym. And um, I just... That's when... When I started trying to control my life, that's when my life just spiraled out of control. So what are those things you were talking about that you thought you couldn't control? I mean, you know, like you can't control the weather. You can't control family. Like I didn't have family problems, but I'm just saying like you can't control family problems. You can't control, um, I mean, I didn't really have like major issues, but I mean like... Food was the thing that I found that I could control. So you mentioned things started to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. What is it? What happened? Yeah. So um, when I said that, I meant that um, when I tried to control it, um, I lost all my friends because I became very um, isolated because they would ask me to go out to eat. But I didn't think I could because I thought that going out to eat meant I had to blow my healthy foods or blow my quote-unquote diet. That's why I hate the word diet now, and I'm more of an intuitive eater. We'll get into that, I'm sure, later. But um, I lost my friends because I didn't... um, They weren't into fitness, and they weren't into eating healthier... um, so I just really became isolated, and um, I still cared about my grades, obviously, but my relationship with God, um, I mean, it was always there. God is the most important thing in my life, and He's the only reason I am where I am today, but He wasn't the center of my life, and when He's not in the center of your life, Nothing else is going to what's the word? circulate correctly. It throws off the balance, is what you're saying. Yeah, like I replaced him with food and fitness, and food and fitness is still very important to me. But it is not my God. My God is my God and my King, and it's not Jim, as I like to like G Y M. But it sounds like a person. But my God is not food and fitness and so um yeah things just really spiraled out of control like everything I tried to control um from the outside looking in people were always like oh Abby you look so great um I wish I could have an appetite like you and I was like girl I eat all the time what you talking about but when I ate all the time I really meant like snacking on a piece of lettuce or something and I just and and then there were times when I would go out to eat, obviously, and when I would go out to eat, I would absolutely go hard in the paint on everything, but I would, I never had binging. I was never a binger. Um, I was diagnosed with exercise bulimia, which is, um, I never made myself throw up, but I, um, my form of purging which is what bulimia is, was exercise. So I had calculated every calorie that I needed to burn and then some with all my food and my exercise for the day. So 
Like, let's say I went to eat Mexican one night, which I loved to do. Went, like, every Friday night. I would eat very lightly during the day. And I would probably work out for three to four hours that day to burn calories for all of that. Mm -hmm. Which is why I probably ate so much at Mexican. Because my metabolism was through the roof. But I wanted to make sure that I had that. And people thought that... I just had a really good metabolism, but it was because I was, you know, like forcing myself to spend four hours at the gym two or three times that day and um, eat like a Quest bar and like a grape all day to sustain me. And people would be like, you need to eat a cheeseburger and blah, blah, blah. And I just tried to make it seem like my life was perfect when on the inside it was absolutely the furthest thing from it. So what it seems like to me is you talked earlier about looking at people on Pinterest and Instagram. It seems like to me you tried to almost be like what they put out on Instagram. Oh, I absolutely did. Like I would follow so many um, fitness followers, fitness Instagrammers, and uh, this was before I had my fitness account. No. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I would follow them and. It was very weird, though, because I remember talking to my therapist about it. She was like, you know, like, what what motivated you? And I was like, the people that I saw, I just, I had the vision of what I wanted to look like. But it was like a conglomeration of, like, all these different people, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I wanted my quads to pop and blow up. Now I could care less about abs, and I just want to be healthy. And healthy looks different to everybody, in my opinion. And healthy to me is eating a way that serves your body's purpose, um, where you can have fun with your friends, you can go out to dinner, and like, I still eat healthy during the day, but I make good choices, but I eat the way that fuels my body, and fuels my purposes for life yeah so instagram and instagram models are a pretty dangerous thing because especially we don't know what they really are because people just like obviously on social media we just put out the best of the best usually and some people like real yeah (laughs) and some people think that that is real that's all that there is and so kind of like what happened to you they get so caught up in it they they probably don't know that the, that fitness follower probably spent 45 minutes in front of the mirror flexing or trying to take the biggest, um, the best selfie for their delt gains. Or <laughs> they probably even, I don't, I don't know, like we don't see what they put behind the scenes. And we also don't know what's in their mind. Like body dysmorphia is such a real thing and people don't realize that, but like, you don't see yourself the way that I see you. And you and I will never see myself the way that you see me or my boyfriend sees me or my best friend see me or most importantly, what God sees me. And I, I struggle with that every single day and I pray that I can love myself for who God created me to be instead of who God did not create me to be because when I realized that God did not create me to take up less space. Like, we were never created to take up less space. We were created to take up space, to love people, to care for people, to give to people. And if we take up less space, we're it's like we're 
telling God, like, what you what your plan for my life is is not good. You know, like, let me let me try to do it. And he's like, all right, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do you. But you come back to me in about three years and tell me how you're doing. And, yeah, when I came back to him, it was not good. So when did you hit um, your lowest point, I guess? Rock bottom for me, I remember it. I remember that day, and it rock bottom, if y'all have never been there, let me tell you, it's not fun. And I would not, I would 5,028 out of 10 recommend not visiting. Um, when I hit rock bottom was July, I don't even remember the day. How many days were in July? 30 days. And so before you get into that, yeah, is this... Did this uh, go uh, like go over into college? Yes. Okay, so this is what you're about to say is in college. Yes. Okay. It went to about my f- summer of my freshman year in college. Okay, so this started early in high school. Yes. Pretty much all of high school. Yes, all into of high college. Mm-hmm. Okay, so freshman uh-uh. year. Freshman year, okay. I went to community college at home. Um, it was July the. 30 days in September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31. July, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry, y'all. July 31st, 2015. Um, My parents and I always go on a vacation every summer. And um, my dad is my best friend. He is my rock. And he is just the best and my mom is too but me and my dad just had a really you know like unique relationship and now me and my mom do too but um not now I don't mean to say like we had like a heartbreaking moment no me and my mom have a great relationship too um but we went on a family vacation to the beach and we were sitting at dinner one night and um throughout this whole eating disorder journey I was in denial that I had an eating disorder. I um, I wanted so badly to get help, but I did not want to surrender I could, because I knew that it would mean change, and I do not like change. That is one thing with people who have an obsessive-compulsive disorder or um, any form of mental disorder. You do not like change because it changes the way that you've had to think for however long. So... Um, We were sitting down at dinner, and throughout this whole time, you know, like, my parents would express their concerns, and I'm like, y'all, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Whatever. Um, I could just tell that my dad was really tense for some reason, and I was like, Daddy, what's wrong? He was like, nothing. It's fine. And I know when something's wrong with people, so I just kept pestering him, and I just kept asking him, and um, he was like, you know what, Ab? There is a problem. And I was like, okay, what is it? He was like, I'm just so worried about you. I was like, why are you worried about me? He was like, I'm just worried you know about your weight. I was like, my weight's fine. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? And he was like, well, I just I just want you to go to the doctor and make sure that everything's all right. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so um, I asked, I was like, when do you want me to go? He was like, we'll go when... Um, when we get back home and I was like okay great well the next day we wake up and I'm thinking we gonna hit the beach my parents start packing their bags and I'm like what's up what y'all doing and they said we're just um we're just leaving early we got to make a stop in Jackson 
And I said, okay. We were down at the coast, um, like Long Beach, Biloxi area. And I said, okay, that's fine with me. Um, which it really wasn't because it was a change in my plans, if y'all know. And um, we get to Jackson and they pull into um, the women's clinic. And I said, what are we doing here? And they're like, oh, we're just going to go see the doctor. Oh, the horror. I was so mad. Like, they told me we were going to go when we got back. And they, they, they shortened my trip. And so we go into the doctor. I do everything that, you know... You do when you go to the doctor, you sign forms and all that stuff. You take all those tests and all that jazz. They drew some blood. They took my heart rate. All that was spick and span. So I get into the room because um, the nurse does all that. And then you wait till the doctor comes in. And she came in and um, the nurse, this was when I hit rock bottom. The nurse asked me to step on the scale. And I had not stepped foot on a scale in a long time um, just because I didn't weigh myself. I didn't really want to know how much I weighed because another thing is like when you have an eating disorder, you're extremely ruled by numbers, especially, you know, calories, weight, all that hours spent in a gym, calories burned, what have you. So I stepped on a scale and I saw how much or how little I weighed rather and um, that's when it just was like, whoa. So, um, and I saw the look in my mom's eyes because she saw the weight too. And it was just like seeing the look in my mom's eyes who spent, you know, six years praying for me to see her daughter, you know, like wasting away. It was really kind of just that really low point. And the doctor came in and she talked to me and, um, if anybody knows me, they know I love kids, and um, I've worked with kids in the youth group at my church, the children's group, and she looked at me, and she said, you know, if you keep going this way, you're going to be at risk for having children, and that that broke me, too, and so um, after that, um, we sat down and spoke with her a little bit about options, and she said, I want to refer you to a therapist. Again, I was completely against that because I thought people who went to therapy were just, you know, completely out of their mind. But everybody needs help and everybody needs somebody to talk to. And that's what I loved about it. So I went to, actually started therapy that day. I mean, everything happened that day. Um, and her name was ironically Hope. And she gave me the hope that I needed to recover throughout all of the recovery. Um, I could go into long depth about it, but I know we're short on time. Um, but that day, my therapist diagnosed me with um, an eating disorder and an eating disorder not otherwise specified known as exercise bulimia. So what exactly is that? Exercise bulimia? Yeah. Exercise bulimia is um, it's an eating disorder. It is not a, an extremely common eating disorder. Most of them you hear anorexia and bulimia. Bulimia means, you know, you purge in the form of um, making yourself throw up. 
However, comma, I've never made myself throw up in my life. I even hate the thought of throwing up. So my exercise bulimia was not making myself throw up. Exercise bulimia means like my form of making myself quote unquote throw up was exercise. So my form of purging was exercise. I, it, basically, it was exercising obsessively and counting. Also had a little bit of anorexia due to restrict severely restricting my calories. You know, a lot of people who have eating disorders probably have different bits of different ones, but I severely restricted my calories, exercised obsessively. My question is, why were you doing this to yourself? Because it just became so routine and it... That's a really good question. I just... I constantly thought and saw something that needed to be changed, but I didn't know what it was. Like, if parts of me didn't look like that Instagram picture that I saw, I just kept going and going and going. So nothing was ever good enough for you? No. Ever. All right. It's kind of always been that way, I guess, even yeah. with grace. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing. Yeah. In certain cases. Yeah, that being one. <laughs> what happened next? What happened next? I started recovery. Um, looks different for everybody. Um, so I started, um, therapy and since I live in Grenada, my therapist was in Jackson. We drove to Jackson, started out about three days a week. Um, I was on a no exercise plan other than walking and doing yoga. And I had never done yoga, but I'm here to tell y'all that stuff. Whoa. <laughs> I thought I could lift weights, but you're... It, yeah. I I even got more like guns doing, yo, doing darn yoga than I did lifting weights. But anyways, um, and I was also eating everything in sight. Like, I did not have access to my fitness pal, but my dad did. And he created me an account. And um, he set me... A goal, a calorie goal created by my therapist. And he logged in all of my food and he told me if I needed to eat more or not. And it was always a struggle. Um, I remember one night I had had a slice of key lime pie for dessert, which was really good. But then after that, he noticed that I still needed some more calories and I didn't want to eat anymore. And he said, just eat like a ding dong. And if y'all have never had a frozen ding dong, I just got to tell y'all, just stick a ding-dong in the freezer. It will. It is the Lord's work, okay? And so, I ate a frozen ding-dong um, against my will, but now it is not against my will. It became a nightly thing. Um, but anyways, so I started introducing um, fear foods, which were foods that I did not allow myself to eat, um... For probably three or four years um cinnamon rolls donuts pizza pasta um butter bacon any kind of like little uh toaster strudel toaster strudels um oreos vanilla wafers with peanut butter 
which I still eat peanut butter. Like, peanut butter is just, I go through, like, five jars a week. Not even kidding. <laughs> um, actually, almond butter, RIP bank account. Um, yeah, all of those. And so my therapist, when we first started, I remember this, she made me write out all of my fear foods. And it was a long list. And she said every week she wanted me to introduce like two or three of those fear foods. And it became, oh, and really cool thing that she made me do. She made me keep a journal. And she made me write out my feeling before a meal and how hungry I was before a meal. And I still try to think about this now because like, you know, our emotions play a lot into what we eat. Like if we're stressed, we might. For some people, they might not eat. I eat, like, all the time anyways. But, like, when I'm stressed, I'll eat all the time. But um, she made me write out my feelings toward a food. Like, if it was a fear food, y'all better bet I wrote anxious in all caps. And But I would still be, like, starving. So I would write ravenous or somewhat hungry. Um, then I would write out what I ate, and then I would write out my feeling after I ate, like content, full, um, stuffed, and then I would write my emotion after I ate, and um, stuff like that. And that really started helping, and um, it became to where the more I introduced fear foods, the less they became fear to me, like... Now, if somebody wants to go grab donuts, I'm like, let go. And then my parents, I remember they went to Cinnabon and got me, like, the um, piccata bonds. And those are, like, 800 calories worth of pure goodness. And I remember um, just eating all those fear foods and... um, People would ask me where I was in the gym. And I was like, you know, I'm just taking some time off. So, um, she would work with me through my fear foods and just my thoughts. And obviously, I started gaining weight. But it was much needed weight. And um, I didn't just gain my weight. I gained, you know, like my life back. I had always been a laugher. But I really started, you know, laughing more and being more present in the moment. And um, spending time with my friends and... I had to ask for forgiveness from them, and I had to tell them, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, And I told them my story, you know, and I mean, they knew that I had a problem. They were like, you know, Abby, we were here for you the whole time, and we knew. We saw everything, blah, blah, blah. And also, my relationship with God really, um, really grew. I remember one night, I just really got tired of it all. You know what I mean? Like, through the... Through life, you're always going to have ups and downs, but um, I remember one night during my recovery, I really just got really, um, it might have even been the first night after my therapy session, I think it might have been, but I had never been one to like literally hit my knees in prayer, but it was during, um, it was when I got in bed and I was reading my devotion. And I just felt the Lord telling me to get on my knees and pray. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so I just started praying. And I just, I started crying just like obsessively. And I just got so tired of it all. And um, 
David says in Psalm 18.4, I think, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my time of need, and he heard me and he healed me. And that's been one of my verses, like, that saved me throughout this whole thing. And I cried out to God, like David said, and um, I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done to hurt you and hurt your heart. And um, I'm sorry that I thought you created something less than um, wonderful because he says that he creates... Um, everything beautiful in his time and um, I told him that I was so sorry and I didn't know how he was going to do it but he was going to heal me and I have never we all say that we hear God have you ever heard you know you hear God talking to you all the time and we see him like I see him in nature every day but he spoke to me so loudly but it was the most gentle whisper and it was literally quote word for word I think it's 2 Corinthians 9, 12 or something, or 12, 9. Um, get those backwards. He said, Abby, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And that's when I realized that my strength was not found in the gym. My strength wasn't found in how much I could lift, or my strength wasn't found in, you know, what all I could do. My strength was found in Jesus and it still is. And um, my weaknesses are my weaknesses because that's where I need Jesus to make me strong. So how has your mindset towards exercise, eating, and just life in general changed from that time to now? Well, you know, I mean, unfortunately, um, I was talking to um, a friend about this today who has also had an eating disorder. Um, you know, when you... When you have an eating disorder, um, I feel like it's always there. You just learn how to suppress it and go on. Like, I don't think that, like, I still have exercise bulimia at all because <laughs> I used to work out for probably, like, four hours a day, and now you can barely catch me in the gym for, like, 50 minutes to an hour. Like, but my whole outlook I guess I mean yeah I still struggle with taking off days but Sunday is God's day and that day will always be God's day I always take off Sundays but I always you know I still struggle with sometimes you know if I wake up and my body is absolutely like what are you doing I might you know but I've learned the beauty in listening to your body I, um, my outlook has just really changed you know like Friends will want to go out to dinner. I'm like, sure, where y'all want to go? That's fine. Let's go. Um, I really just learned the beauty in sponta spon being spontaneous. I don't know how to say spontaneity. I don't even know if that's a word. But I've learned the beauty in being spontaneous because you will you can always go to the gym. You can always eat um, a healthy dinner. But the times that your friends ask you to go get coffee or go to dinner are very rare and I was actually thinking about that last night I was like I'm about to graduate college like the people that I've met and the friends that I've made we're about to all go our separate ways and I want to make sure that I live it out you know until those days and um I'm not saying you know crash your healthy lifestyle I mean like I said I live a balanced lifestyle I'm all about balance 
um, whether it be a cookie in one hand and an apple in the other, or like like I said, balance looks different for everybody. For me, um, I have really worked on having a, a better relationship with food and exercise. Um, I used to have a rigid split that I sticked stuck to, you know, like arms one day, back one day, legs, abs, cardio, repeat. Um, but now I just go in the gym and I'm like, you know what, I feel like doing this. And I'll have like the exercises and I want to work out in my head, obviously, because I've been doing this for so long. Or I'll think about it the night before, but I don't plan it out a week in advance. I just move the way that my body likes to. And if I get in the gym one day and, um, this used to drive me crazy. If I get in the gym one day and my body's not liking how I'm moving, I just do something else. Whereas a couple of years ago, if I were doing like, let's say, lat pull downs and my back was just not activated or not feeling it, that would royally just screw up my whole day. Now I just, you know, all right, let's do something else. Let's figure out, you know, what we want to do. Um, my attitude towards food is great. Um, I love food so much. I eat all the time. Um, like I'm hungry right now and I've eaten everything in my lunchbox. Um, yeah. Um, so I've just really learned how to, um, make, and, and also, like I said earlier, when you go out to eat, I used to think that it was like balls to the wall. You know, like going out to eat is not meant to just like let's go out it's meant to you know like spend time with your family and your friends it's not just about the food it's about the fellowship and you can always you know like sometimes when I would go out I would think like oh I have to get a burger and fries when maybe you know like a plate with chicken and sauteed veggies that looks really good too but I would think that like oh well I'm not going to get to have a hamburger for probably another like two weeks so I better eat all of this that I can when, you know, like, food is not going anywhere. Time with your family and friends is what's, you know, dwindling. So, I've really just learned how to view um, events in life as precious and time as precious. And I want to spend it um, as adequately as possible. What you went through was really hard. And I can tell by the way you talk about it and your passion for it. But I'd be willing to bet that looking back now, you wouldn't trade it for anything. Because Heck it no. made you better. Heck no. There were... I will say, I'd, um, when I first got diagnosed, I was very angry at God. And um, because I was like, you know what, God? You... Why'd you do this? You know, I have... I've gone to church my whole life. I've been a follower of Jesus since I was nine. I've volunteered at Vacation Bible School every year. I've worked at kids camps. I've been a youth kid I've been a youth counselor. I've done devotions at church. I have led a group of girls um, at a disciple now weekend. I've done this, I've done that, I read my Bible, I do my devotions, I, 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 and then God was like, do you not hear yourself? You know, you're saying I so much, like, you've done all this, and um, I wouldn't trade it for anything, because that's when God told me, you know, like, you do realize that this has happened for a reason, you know, so 
you could realize that it's not about what you've done. It's about what I've done. And um, I think that God allows things to happen in everybody's life for a reason. And it's given me a story. And it's giving given me, you know, like more of a clear view of a purpose. You know, some people go through life and nothing happens to them. And that's great, you know. But God, to teach me things, he has to put me through the fire. Because I am very hard-headed. I get that from my father. Um, so, you know, we go through things. And I wouldn't trade it for anything at all. Because I wouldn't be who I am today. And I mean, yeah, we all would like to change things about ourselves. But, I mean, you have to love yourself. And... I, do, I, I finally came to the grips with, you know, like, I do love myself. I'm very, um, I'm, I'm very joyful of who God has made me to be and who he's making me to be. So, um, I do absolutely, without a doubt, know that it happened for a reason so I could maybe in some way help somebody. But more, more, um, more than that, so I could really, um, realize who my creator is and who my planner in life is so you told me that you try to be an example for others and help people live their best lives physically mentally and spiritually so what does that mean today what am i doing to help people physically mentally and spiritually Mm -hmm. um well physically um i have a few people like i'm not a certified personal trainer at all although that is a goal of mine i would love to do that so i can do it you know like professionally but I have you know just I've always like written workout plans for people um and before I do that I always tell them you know like I'm not a certified personal trainer but this is how I like to train and you tell me your goals and I'll help you meet them um and obviously you know I don't do that for any charge um so I do like workout plans for people um mentally I love to um just talk to people and I love to provide any sort of advice that I can over what I've gone through because I do believe that what you've gone through can also help people with what they're going through it might not be the same thing but you have a way to you have a connection to somebody and spiritually um like I said I love Jesus with all my heart um I just want to leave people better off than they came um I believe that my um, my purpose in life is to help people with their walk with Jesus. If they don't know him, I like to tell people about him. I'm not going to be like, you know, all up in their face about it. But I like to just insert it in, I mean, Jesus is everywhere. I like to insert him in, you know, like little little conversations. Or if somebody is going through a really hard day, I'm like, let me pray with you real quick. Instead of... Oh, you know, I'll be praying for you. It, I learned, you know, like everybody says, I'll be praying for you. But if you pray for that person, and a lot of times, it's so sad to say it, but like we'll forget to pray about it later. If you pray about it right then, it's like, oh my goodness, that person really genuinely cares about me. You know, like maybe there's something more to this Jesus than I thought. And so like I like to live my life in a way that would point people to Jesus. So what are your plans to, uh, from here? Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> million dollar question. Yes, a million dollar question. The planner without a plan. I used to have like everything planned out. But I do have more of a plan now, actually. 
Um, thank goodness it happened on April Fool's Day. And this is not an April Fool's joke. I really did even ask the professor I was talking to, though, if this was like an April Fool's joke. Um, so I applied for grad school here at Ole Miss. Um, I am getting my um, undergrad in journalism with a minor in English and a magazine specialty. Um, I applied for grad school at Ole Miss to get a master's in journalism and applications were due on March 31st and so I just went to the professor's office on April 1st and I just, you know, asked him when um, they would send out acceptance letters. He was like, oh, we had a meeting this morning. Um, we accepted you already. And I was like, thank you. He was like, you know, we were really impressed with your numbers, so we're going to go ahead and give you a graduate assistant position. I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? Or he was like, no. And I was like, oh, great. So um, my plans are to go to grad school, be a graduate assistant. Um, maybe work on my personal training. I would love to get, you know, certified in that so I could really start helping people more and learn more about it because I'm just, I think it's extremely fascinating. Um, and, yeah. Do you ever see yourself having any sort of setback? Setback as to what? Like, to back to how it used to be for you. No, because I know, like, I know now, like, the, um, the thought process. Mentally, are you able to handle it better now? Yes, absolutely. I take my problems to Jesus, not to the gym. I mean, obviously, I still struggle. And, like, I'll text my mom sometimes. I'm like, Mama, I look so pudgy. Mama, I just need to do this. She's like, Abby, shut up. She really doesn't say shut up. My parents were absolutely, and they still are the most supportive, helping I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I couldn't have made it with recovery throughout without um, Jesus, obviously, my mom and my dad, Miss Hope, and just like all my friends and family and everybody. But um, no, I don't see myself ever having a setback. You seem like such a happy person. (laughs) I love life. I am like the most obnoxious morning person you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. It's great. I mean, I didn't know you before I just met you today. (laughs) Yeah, I know. <laughs> but were you a lot different when you were struggling with the eating disorder? No. Like, your energy was the same? You were still like this? Oh, it was, yeah. It was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I mean, at nighttime, I would get tired. But, obviously, as most people do. But, um, yeah, I've always just been a very energetic. Um, probably almost too much. That's interesting because I feel like when people go through something like that, it would really affect their mood. Especially you not eating and stuff. Oh, I was very moody. Yeah. But I was still, like I knew when to turn on that switch to be happy, if that makes sense. Like I was still happy. Yeah. But I was constantly hungry and um, very hangry <laughs> is yeah. a good one. Yeah. But I, I was very moody. Yeah. Still working on the moody. I mean, I still get moody when I get hungry and things go wrong. But, you know, I have a different... um, I try not to let that mood affect my overall mood. Like, I just, like, suppress it instead of taking it out on people. Thanks for coming on today with me. Hey, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks. Nice to meet you and best of luck in the future.
Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed episode 45 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Have a great day.